Welcome to another episode of the Seminar This is L. KB. Hashtag feminism. African queen. African queen. Three black black women. Where's the lie? Hello, world. It's been a minute. Welcome back to the amazing, wonderful, lovely, educated, talented ladies of the Femnora Files. It's been a really long time since we've been together. I ain't seen y'all in a month of Sundays. Girl, yeah. it's been over a month. Because when when was our over last a month? month? Nigga, it's been six months. What are you talking about? July 14th was our last. Thank you. I was about to say month. July. Yeah, it's July. You said That's- a month of Sundays. I'm like, it's, it's been longer than that. It's been some months of Sundays. But not like lit. You know what the term a month of Sunday means, Shug. You know what I mean? It's been a long ass time. Like, I don't know why you acting like you're not Southern and why you never heard, like, you've never hey, heard that phrase hey, before. Li- listen, we're we going to talk about the words that we've been talking about because I have a lot to share with the audience and the way that we speak and the way that we carry ourselves. Don't we call ourselves African queens in our intro? Oh, Lord. This nigga go to Africa and now she get a little ass cold. Nigga! Really? If we should have you been to, is that was that your first time going to Africa? No, so this was actually my second time. So the first time I went was almost 10 years ago. Um, so again, going back to Benin, but this trip was more interesting, it was more detailed dealing with my family and Africa Town and the Clotilde. And I'll give you guys all of the great details when we do our catch up on what we've all been doing over the past six months. That is crazy. Six months? I cannot believe that. Like, it's almost the end of the year. I know. Don't remind me. I'm not ready. Well, you better get ready. Clearly. Because <laughs> it's coming whether or not you want it. That's true. We might as well go ahead and jump in to what we've been up to. What have you been up to, L? Almost forgot your record name, like your podcast. <laughs> that is sad. <laughs> That's sad. It is. Lord, what have I been up to? So I had a little bit of a hot girl summer. So I, let's see. Was it the summer? I think it was the summertime. So I'll try to be quick. So long story short, I met this guy online that lives in Jersey a couple months back. And he happened to be coming to DC for a festival. So we were like, oh, let's finally meet in person. Met him in person. He was with a friend of his. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm trying to figure out how much I'm going to share with the listeners. I'll fuck it. So I visited him where they were staying so he they had to they were in the airbnb they were leaving that morning so while i'm sitting on the couch chilling and homeboy takes his stuff outside you know to load his car because they have to leave his friend jumps on me and starts kissing me 
And it's like, I wanted to fuck you as soon as you walked in the door. I was like, whoa, 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 and whoa. What is happening right now? Um, I relay this story to a homeboy of mine. And he was like, is this a me too moment? He was like, did you feel comfortable? And I was like, oh, I guess that was a me too moment because I didn't invite him. But I was just like, oh, like I never thought of that. I never thought of it that way. So in any event. Interesting. Right? Like I like that thought had never crossed my mind until I had that conversation with my friend. So, but in any event, going back to in the moment. So like every time boy A takes his stuff outside, boy B is all over me. So he eventually is like, anytime you come to my city, like I'll take care of everything. Like I got you. So he takes my phone, calls himself, so he has my number, and I end up, because also we had been drinking, so also let me say that too, not like it's an excuse for his behavior. So we had been drinking, I go to use the restroom, and when I come out, boy A has left, and it's just me and boy B. So boy B and I, throw down with the get down and yeah so in any event long story short we decide for a moment that we're going to talk to each other two weeks later I go to his city and visit him and it was an amazing weekend oh I didn't hear how the weekend went okay that's right it was an amazing weekend we did not have sex again even though I had a wax, I was ready. I was prepared this time. Mm, yeah. Slightly disappointing. But okay. I know, right? I was a little, yeah. Like we, like there was definitely intimacy, right? Like we kissed, we cuddled. Um, there was like some touching, but we didn't have sex. Was he on his period? I'm sorry? Was he on his period? You told me <laughs> stupid. I hate you so much. I fucking hate you. So in any event, like he like paid for everything. I didn't have to pay for anything. Before I got there, he was like, what do you, what types of things do you enjoy? And he made sure that we did things that I would be interested in. And I was telling a friend of mine, it was the first time that I had felt protected by a man that wasn't my daddy, right? Um, like somebody that I was dating or seeing or whatever you want to call it. And I felt hoarded, if you will. And I haven't felt that in a long time. But I also found out some interesting things. So apparently he's polyamorous. Like, I hope I'm using like the right word. Like basically he does not do monogamy. Right, yes. So yeah, and I was like, oh, okay. So of course I was like, oh, like this can just be like a fun thing until my person comes along. So, but I kind of realized like this isn't serving me because even we were we were talking about like seeing each other before the end of the year. Like he wasn't sort of like making moves to say, oh, I'm available here. He was like, oh, I'll get back to you. 
And they, the Negro never got back to me. So I was like, this is not like us hanging out or getting to know each other or being around each other is not a priority for you. And I called him on it. And the old L would just let that shit go and just go along to get along. Right. And I was just like, that's not, that's not me. I don't like this. This is not serving me. So I said something to him. We had a conversation about it. And he said, that's where I always fall short. I was like, okay, well, we can go ahead and, you know, cut our losses. Like, he's like, well, we can still like communicate. I was like, sure, but I'm not gonna, I like, I'm not gonna reach out to you. Like, I'm not gonna, you know, like that, like, I'm not going to try to attempt to get to know you or make this a priority or like work on, you know, a relationship or whatever. So, yeah. yeah. Can I just say, I am so proud of you for coming to that realization and setting those boundaries. Because as you mentioned in the past, you would kind of go along with it, but realizing that, hey, that's not really what I want and stating that to him, that's growth. Thank you, Shook. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really proud of you for doing that. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, also, can I mention that I think I was a bit of a cougar because this nigga is 33? You're always a bit of a cougar. <laughs> I, I didn't want to say it. Came oh, I'll say it. I'm <laughs> I, got it. I got it. Don't worry about it. Uh, I, I was like, I don't want to say how you meet all these young boys. I don't know. They come after me, bro. Like, I, like, I don't know. But well, generation a little jacked up. So I guess I kind of understand it. Who they got in their generation? You right. Meg, Megan, Meg the Stallion, Cardi B. Ooh. Ooh. I'm sorry. Lot Lado, Lado, how you say her name? Glorilla. Glorilla. Her, her say younger. He a woman. Yeah. Doja Cat. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, it's nobody. The answer is nobody. (laughs) They don't have a lot of options. I think that's why they tend to come to our our neck of the woods. The only thing you wonder is like, once you get older, what does that then turn into? Well, you know, so here's my thing. I feel like if I were to date and like seriously get into a relationship with a younger man, especially one that has never been married and doesn't have children, that he is going to be more likely to want those things than a man who's like my age and older, especially like someone who's been married before or who already has children. Like he may not want to start over. Like I could be wrong in that thinking, but that's a little bit of my rationale as to how I justify being somewhat of a puma. Not a cougar. Thanks. Oh okay, Black Panther. <laughs> I hate you so much. What you been up to? I ain't had my tea. What you been up to? In the motherland. Ooh, child, it has been a very interesting six months. Like, let's just it's been five months. It's been five months. I just want y'all to count. Five, but- six round whatever close whatever it's been a long ass time that's what i know absolutely 
Um, so I guess let me let me go back to the beginning. So anybody who has listened to the podcast, or even for those who haven't, I am a sixth generation descendant of people that came over on the Clotilda, which is the last slave ship on record that came from Africa to um, America. So been doing a lot of work with Africa Town, which is the community that those folks aboard the Clotilda um, founded back in the late 1800s. That's where my dad's side of the family comes from. But to make a long story short, I got sent an email out of the blue from the National Geographic. This had to be about two months ago of them saying, hey, we got greenlit for a documentary and we're going back to Africa and we would love for you to be a part of this adventure. So are you interested? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, sure. Like, am, am I really going to say no? So it was an all expense, all expenses paid trip to go back mm-hmm. to Benin and have these conversations. So what we did was we reversed the journey of the 110 from Alabama which is where they ended up going back to Benin and trying to understand the story and and what happened. So we did some shooting in Mobile at the site of the Clotilda, which was recently found. Go ahead. Did did y'all get on the boat? No. So the boat- Y'all ain't about that life. Y'all ain't really about that life. Y'all should have got on the ship. Shut up, KB. This ship, probably you can't even get on that. That ship. A ship instead of the experience. I'm I'm gonna I'm get to that. I'm gonna get to that. That is so, not how that works, KB. I can't stand you. <laughs> no, but she's right. We were supposed yeah. to get on a ship. We were supposed to get on a ship, but it didn't. It didn't work out. It didn't pan out. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you more about that. But the Clotilda is currently at the bottom of the Mobile River. It's under a lot of mud. Um, and they have been having divers and things coming out, going into the cargo hold and trying to extract DNA and doing all of these really nerdy things, but really appreciate them trying to, to do this to better understand the story. But anyway, so filmed here in Mobile for a couple of days, went to Benin. I think we were over there for 10 days. We're not going to give white people that much credit. This is a benefit for them as well. So Yeah, but it's it's also, it's a team of black divers. So let me put that in there. It's a team of black divers. They're working with black divers. And also there is a program in Africa Town trying to teach the youth about diving and trying to help black children learn how to swim. Because, you know, that is a part of our culture of a lot of Black people don't know how to swim as a, a result of the transatlantic slave trade. So That's they're true. doing a lot of good things in the, in the community. But yes, to your point, National Geographic and some of these other um, major players, they are also benefiting from this. But hey, whatever, I'm yeah. going to use that to my advantage. Yeah. And I appreciate you. So shout out to you. But um, that, that's too far. Going, that's going too far. But I get it. Go. We went to Benin, so and we reversed the the journey. So the first thing that we saw was Wida, which is the slave port that was on the beach. So I'm not even going to mince words. I completely lost it being out there on the beach and they have a um a monument called the door of no return 
that kind of talks about the story of people being shipped from the coast to wherever they would end up in the Americas and the quote unquote new world, but lost it out there. Um, I let out a, a gut cry on behalf of everybody because that would have been the last thing that they saw. That would have been the last image that they would have had of Africa. So we did that. Um, we spoke to a couple of kings. I actually found my African family. So now that I know where they are located and constant communication from people with that still live in the village. Um, also, the kingdom of Dahomey still exists. It is not the power that it once was, but it is still a functioning kingdom. And I'm oh, trying wow. to understand. I'm trying to understand how all of that works because Benin today is a republic, meaning that there is a government, there is a president, and all of that. But the kings still do hold power within the communities and they do wield some type of political importance, but they also speak French. So there was a language barrier there that we had to get through, but had some interesting conversations about slavery and the role that they played in it. And the biggest takeaway that I learned is that slavery isn't really taught on the continent, at least not the way it is in um, America and around the world. And even the way we teach it in America is jacked up and people don't want to talk about it. So it's, it's an interesting moment in history because it's like, if we're not talking about it in Africa and they're trying to stop talking about it in America, where does that leave African-American? Like, where does that leave us? So I'm hoping that by forging these connections that I can continue that conversation because there's a lot that needs to be uncovered surrounding that. So I just want to add, speaking to kind of answer your question about if they take slavery sort of like out of schools and they don't teach it. And I know it was probably a rhetorical question, but Mm -hmm. College Board is piloting AP African-American history in some schools for the upcoming school year. Really? Mm -hmm. What is that? What is College Board? Why is that significant? Because we already have African-American studies in some high schools. Um, Well, one, it's not in all high schools. And it's not a requirement, it's an elective. Um, But I think it's important because, you know, AP classes, you know, students, it's taught at a collegiate level. And, you know, if students get, I think a four or a five, maybe a five on the AP test in the spring, then they could potentially receive college credit for it. Oh, you're saying Um, AP course, that's what you were saying. No, no, I didn't understand that part. Oh yeah, it's no, it's gonna be um, an AP class. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So it was. Uh, Wait, it can't be in Florida. Them, them Florida people gonna stop that now. Where, where is that gonna be at? So, well, that's what I'm saying. It's going to be piloted in some schools for school year 2324. Now, piloted. Where, that's right. The key word. Mm-hmm. Right. It's gonna be piloted. So I think you know they're going to see, and there are also some parameters around it as well. Like there's a certain percentage of black students that have to be enrolled. Parameters. See, again. So, yeah. but I but I think that 
Also, let me say, and I did not realize this, that the president or the CEO, whoever the head is of College Board, is a Black man. I didn't realize that until a couple of months ago. I mean, but that is important. And that speaks to this whole thing about diversity and inclusion. And exactly. I think that people are starting to understand the significance of it. But I also feel like people are using that as a buzzword right now and it's not really implemented the way that it should be but that speaks to the need of having people that look like us in the room because they affect really important decisions for the generations that are coming behind us absolutely absolutely so also can i say so before i got promoted i taught african-american history at my school and the bad thing was because of the major role I had, I only taught it in the fall. I was really sad I couldn't do it all year. The teacher that teaches it now, of course, teaches it all year, but it's a semester course. So the bad thing is, is that you have to get in a lot of information in two, nine weeks. But the good thing about that is, is that you reach more students, right? Like you double the amount of students because you have, because you're able to teach it in two separate courses. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how this looks going forward um, and how many students end up taking the course. And it's also kind of funny too, because a student came up to me and was like, Miss L, I think that African-American history should be an AP course. And I was like, really? And like, I knew all of this was going on before it was announced, right? Sort of like in the background, but I didn't tell her that because I was like, you know, it'll come out when the time is right. So like a week later, I'm guessing the teacher said something to his class and she was like, did you know that this was happening? And I was like, I don't know, like I played stupid. So, so I say all that to say, it's going to be really interesting to see what comes of this. Um, I know KB might be a little skeptical. I might be a little skeptical with her. But I, I kind of have high hopes. And I don't think it should be just reserved for AP, right? I think that's a nice... No, exactly. It needs to be everybody. Of it still being at the ground yeah. level, like the class. Everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. Yep. So I think, and maybe at like your larger schools, your bigger schools, like you can have the option of taking it as a semester course. And if you want to delve a little deeper... Um, take the AP course. I will say I am interested to see the curriculum for the AP course. That's kind of really what I want to see because I basically created my own curriculum when I taught it. Like I had, I had nothing. I like had our business manager order a book for me <laughs> and was like, okay, let me figure out what I want to do and what I want to include. And I kind of had to start from scratch. Well, now the framework is there because if you are like a member of Narrative, which is under Karen Hunter, they have a education group and they share out materials and framework for teaching African-American studies. So while you were pioneering it on your own nicely, now you have a group that you can actually go to and actually have those resources and have that framework, have those conversations about what this could be and how you kind of even curve how you're working. So that might be something your school wants to look into with your current African studies teacher. 
getting them a membership so they can have those conversations and really take it to the next level. Yeah, and that is really, really important because that ties back to there is a major disconnect between Africans throughout the diaspora and Africans on the continent. And I didn't get the chance to have a conversation with um, the Dahomeans, which is the Fawn tribe, but I'm, I'm like, okay, with the woman king being out in theaters and then you got Wakanda Forever and all of these movies that are showcasing Black and particularly African excellence, you guys' version of the story is missing. So, you know, here in America, there were all of these, I'm gonna call them hoteps, all these people who just knew they were experts on African history talking about, oh, that's not what really happened. Let's not call them hoteps. Hoteps. That's not what really, that's That's not not what really happened. But my thing is, is that a lot of African history is oral and there's bits and pieces out there, but the Dahomeans need to be the one telling the story because we're hearing it through a Eurocentric lens. Like some of the stuff that we're hearing is, oh, they, and they did, they beheaded people, they sacrificed people, they captured all of these tribes but they were also under the thumb of the Oyo empire. So all of these empires and kingdoms and tribes were at war with each other, but in order to understand what happened, we need that African side of the story. We need them to tell us what was going on because history is always written from the side of the oppressor. For sure. And that's my two cents. Yeah, no facts. And I I totally agree with you. I think as you kicked this thing off and said about language, I think one of the other pieces of language is this hotel situation. Um, as I c- continue to grow, I think the hotel thing has become like this negative. I would call them just mis- like those individuals you're talking about in particular, not hoteps as a, as a whole, are misguided, right? Like I completely agree. I will agree with that. Yeah. yeah so yeah. I think let's not continue to push into this hotel thing because you know some people make that as a joke, and it's not really a joke. So it's some people who just don't know. And I agree with you, you know, always talk about sit down with your elders and get the, get the story from them. Absolutely. Like you say, yes. we are looking at it from a Eurocentric in an oppressed manner. And so I, I totally agree with you with that. I just think the hotel thing, we got to let go. So let's not call them hotels. I think it's a certain group well, of people that are misguided and that's not the whole hotel group, right? That's not the whole hotels. It's just certain people don't know what they're talking about. Think they experts ain't ain't talked to their elder in their world or even did the proper research. So we'll leave it that way. But that sounds amazing. So this was this was paid for. That sounds even better to me. <laughs> yeah, Ever. and you guys, you guys will be able to see it because there is a documentary. Unfortunately, it's not coming out until February 2024. And I'm like, Ugh. there's so much that I want to share with you guys because we got to go to a couple of Yoruba tribes and Yoruba villages, I'm sorry, Yoruba villages. And I'm trying to get away from tribe because they were saying ethnicity because tribe is again, one of those negative connotations and trying to be mindful of the language and respectful of the things that I learned. So if I correct myself, that's because I'm trying to get out of that mindset that we have over here in America, but got to see a lot of beautiful ceremonies. I got to see Aoife practice up close 
um, live from the elders. So that was amazing in and of itself as I'm on my IFA journey and trying to learn more about that. So that was amazing. The people I was with, they got named by the elders. So they actually went back to the village that their ancestor came from. They were gifted with land and all of these really Shut amazing up. things. That's what I want. Yeah, yeah exactly. it, it was really amazing. And there's some stuff that I want to share with you guys too that I don't feel comfortable sharing with the audience because I need to have a conversation with my family as well. But um, it was just a once in a lifetime, a life-changing trip and i'm really excited for the audience to be able to see it when it comes out but we recorded for two weeks and it's going to be squeezed into 45 minutes so they're going to leave a lot of stuff out but hoping that's to it have, just 45 minutes they can even make it a two-hour special i mean maybe they will but the first one that we shot was only 45 minutes so they have all of this footage and there was so much that i wanted to record but i couldn't because they're recording me so i wasn't able to like have my phone out and all of that so i'm really dependent on them to capture stuff but you know because they're under the umbrella of disney and all of that they might not even be able to share that with me but we'll have to have that conversation after the documentary airs, because I'm like, I want to keep that to preserve for our family history. 1,000%. Yeah. But KB, what's going on with you? What you been up to? Man, I've just been breathing. It's been, I don't know, it's been an interesting time. I transitioned to a new role, given more responsibility and a new company, new culture. It hasn't been the greatest transition but I don't regret it. You know, I always try to look at things as a life lesson and a learning lesson. And so I'm trying to take what I can from the situation. You know, you already know this, but you know, money isn't everything and it's not worth your, your, your patience and your time. And your peace. Peace. Yeah. So I try to, I'm trying to look at it as a learning lesson. What can I take from this situation? What can I bring to add value to this situation? But it's been pretty, pretty overwhelming at times. Um, you know, it was a Friday night and I was working until 11 p.m. So that's kind of been my daily. My daughter is getting older. She just turned 12. So now I have to say I'm going to have a 12-year-old. She is I, a officially a preteen. Oh, she told me she was a preteen at 11. Uh, I turned 41 I went on my first solo trip I've been wanting to do that and so proud of you for doing that too I'm really really proud of you for doing that it was dope it was so funny you know I've gone it it was kind of like work trips like I'm not gonna act like I never traveled by myself and ate by myself I do that all the time it's different it's different when you're doing it for your enjoyment yeah it was different because yeah like you said when it comes to excursions so funny i was at a wine vineyard you know i went to canada i went to quebec found out how to really pronounce quebec and not quebec it's quebec okay so really i I never knew that teach us quebec quebec yeah i went to my quebec i'm going to quebec and came back and was like oh i went to quebec so 
went there is a beautiful place. I stayed in this um, hotel that looks like a loft apartment. So I was stoked about that because I always wanted a loft apartment. And yeah, it was interesting because even as you're on these excursions, folks think that you need somebody with you. And so I was at a wine vineyard and we were doing a tasting and the two girls, they were nice. You know, are you by yourself? Mm-hmm. Oh, you can come and join us. I said, oh no, this is on purpose. And the other girls, like, I was wondering if he was on a solo trip. I was like, yeah. And so people think you want to be around other people. I don't want to be around you. Like I don't, I like being by myself. It gives me time to reflect, you know, with the loss of my very close friend who transitioned in May, things have been different for me. I've been looking at situations different. I've been looking at friendships differently. I've been looking at how I want to move in life differently. And so, you know, I'm, I'm kind of okay with being alone. Like I'm kind of, I think certain things change you. And I hadn't lost a close friend since I was 17. I lost mm-hmm. my friend Rashad Blackman. And from time to time, I've never forgot him. Like I, you know, most of my passwords are his, you know, a date close to him. And, um, you know, I think it's the same thing with Sharonda. I think that just never changes you. I don't think I go more than two days without thinking about her. And I, you know, Elle, I know you've lost both of your parents. I know, um, should you've lost one of your parents and it's just like, oh, this is how it is. You just always think about them. It never yeah. goes away. And so it's just this heavy thing that follows me so you know but i'm i'm maxing and relaxing i ain't had no dick in over a year oh wow i mean but even even you for that i don't know if i'm proud of myself (laughs) no but even even with that it brings clarity because it it clouds your judgment it does cloud your judgment it's great but it can make you feel like, oh, maybe this is love. And no, it, it's really right. love. It's it's definitely love. You know, I ain't never thought that. Now, wait a minute. Let me be real. <laughs> you know, KB is a thug. I was going right. to say, that KB was never the, the thought about the situation. But, you know, it was like this placeholder of, I'm bored and let me go and do this. But yeah, you yeah. know, so I ain't no dick. Yeah. You know, I don't know if the listeners get it, know that, but that's just something that's, that's you know, reality. So I'm hoping I'll die. Did he at least use your vibrator though, KB? I mean, let's not talk about that. (laughs) But the point is, is that I ain't had a, and that's the most important because ain't nothing going to replace that real thing. Okay. I don't care. I mean, I just didn't know if you, you know, we're doing anything to take the edge off. That's all. Yeah. Ain't nothing going to replace the real thing, but yeah, it's just, you know, so I'm just, I'm chilling and being patient and figuring out this work thing and you know back traveling for work so it's been a little crazy with trying to manage with the kiddo so it's it's been a lot but I'm, I'm managing man I'm breathing that's it so let's jump in this thing man let's let's also tell the listeners we are officially starting a countdown so I was thinking that's the name of the episode thank oh, you I, I did I thought about that yeah. Oh, the final countdown. The countdown. Yeah. Like I literally was thinking about that like all week. Yeah. So let's we still on the same page. We still on the same page. And I and also I think let me say that this is not necessarily a bad thing. Like I think we have all shared, and clearly that I feel like we have just shared like one aspect of what's been going on in our lives. But I think that as we get older and 
transitions happen, like different things take different priorities and you just have yeah. to, to shift some things around yeah. and do what works best for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, it's, it's taught me about going into business with, with like-minded people, right? Like not to say you guys aren't like-minded to me, but it's the hustle in the, the back. Right. And when you lose your, when you work with people who have lost a passion, what do you do? Yeah. I think for me, and y'all know, I've tried to force this thing and make it happen and so forth. And it's like, you get to a point where you're saying, okay, I can see y'all clearly have lost y'all's passion. We got to go ahead and stop. Yeah. So yeah. that yeah. was a hard thing for me to kind of message you guys and say, listen, we, we have done 96 episodes. Let's get to nine. Let's get to a hundred and call it quits. Um, because we haven't recorded in five months and no one said anything. So clearly this is not on anybody's, you know, radar. I mean, I've been thinking about it, but I, again, just felt like I was pushing it for so long and trying to push yeah. it. You know, I just can't do it no more. Right. And I mean, and that's respectable. And I feel like, you know, life happens, you know, things happen. So me, obviously I was like, well, I wanted to be married and I wanted to be a mother, but even thinking about that, I'm challenging those beliefs of do I really even want to do those things or do I feel the need to do those things because that's what society tells us we should be doing so I really just want to focus on Africa Town and the Clotilda and researching my family tree and learning more about all of the things that my ancestors have done and all of these amazing things and that even brings to mind um, one of the topics we were going to talk about where um, Tia Mori was talking about the ending of her marriage and self-love. That was some bullshit. I'm sorry. Wait, I'm so wait. sorry. Wait, but quick question, because y'all clearly are following. Didn't she announce that she was getting a divorce, but then she reneged and they was getting back together? Or did I make that up? No, no, they no. never said they were getting back together. But oh. I'm happy you brought that point up, though, L, because it was like she's talking about, oh, my marriage wasn't a failure and all about self-love. And I'm like, that's a graduation. And I'm just like, <sighs> when you get married, who gets married and feels like the graduation is divorce? <laughs> that's not a great that's that's not how that's supposed to work right and I'm I'm seeing all of these people celebrating you know self-love and all of that and I'm like yes you do need to have self-love but I'm like are we just a generation of quitters like do we not understand that marriage is where it's supposed to be a lifelong commitment it is going to be hard there's going to be hills and there's going to be valleys but I'm like are we just are we just selfish and there's a reason yes. why yes. our grandparents and our great-grandparents and I'm like not to glorify what they went through because you know sometimes people had side families or you know uncle really ain't belong to granddaddy and he chose to stay so they dealt with some really real things but they were able to work through that and have lifelong marriages whereas I'm questioning do we just give up too soon I think we do I think that I don't think we were taught how to persevere and how to keep going when things get tough. It's sort of like, oh, this is hard, I'm out. 
And it reminds me of something that my dad told me a few years ago when he spoke about like his generation and our generation, because I don't know about your parents, but my parents went to, to segregated schools. So, and I'm sure yours probably did too, because we're all from the South, but right. my dad was like, he thinks, you know, or he asked the question, was his generation so focused on giving our generation the things that they didn't have, that they didn't give us the things that they did have? Come on, daddy. Come on. Right. And it's like, you know, how, like you said, like, just like soft skills, like how to, it just teaching us different things. And he was like, you know, we were so focused on making sure that your lives weren't necessarily hard in a way that ours was hard, that we forgot to give you some valuable lessons on how to be strong and how to persevere. And I also remember even kind of turning it back around to, to relationships, like my dad made a, and I can't remember who we were talking about, but we were talking about like dating and relationships. And he was like, these are the type of men that y'all have to deal with nowadays. I was mm-hmm. like, yes, daddy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and why, that's I why I said, I wanted him to find me a husband. And he thought I was kidding. <laughs> but that also kind of speaks to some of the culture that I was seeing over in Benin, because being in the Yoruba villages, everybody is there together. The elders are there the the mothers and the fathers are there the children are there they understand that there is an order to things the elders are highly respected and anybody in the village can correct anybody's child and they understand how all of that works whereas over here in america it's like once you reach a certain age you're discarded we put you in a nursing home we don't really sit at our elders feet and learn those valuable life lessons in order to pass that down through the generations and instill it in the children. And it's no wonder that we're over here, we're lost because Mm -hmm. that was very intentional of cutting us off from that. But I, I was just like, that was really interesting to me how everybody's like, Oh my God. And I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, having gone through a divorce, I'm like, you have to be able to find that balance. Yes, you do need self-love, but you also have to make your partner a priority. And from the little bit that I do know, it sounded like Corey was blindsided by this information and was like, I didn't know any of this. It sounded like he wanted to keep the family together and he was just like, nah, I'm good. I'm so, not. yeah. Hate and to hear some that. people, oh, I'm sorry, Shug. No, go ahead. But just no, hate I to hear that. that. Right. But I was going to say, I feel like some people alluded to the fact that Corey may have been abusive. And did Mm. y'all see that clip of them when they were, when they were interviewed for Black Black Love? Love. Yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. And sort of, and I was just like, I mean, yeah, maybe that was kind of harsh, but to try to insinuate that he's abusive, like, I don't know. I don't think that was appropriate. What was on the clip? So, so, like, he and Tia were talking, and they were, I can't remember what they were talking about, but Tia spoke over him, and the look that he gave her... Was like, well, wait a minute, hold on. Like, the way he kind of shut her down was like, let me talk, or whatever, but I do think Tia, and we do it all the time, especially on the podcast, we have a tendency to over-talk each other, 
And the way that he kind of corrected her was a little. It was a lot. It was, it was, it was, a. I don't want to say aggressive, but it was very firm. And the way yeah. that she reacted, she was like very apologetic. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So that kind of made me feel like this happens all the time. Often. Right. And I'm yeah. like, what happens when the cameras aren't rolling? Mm. Yeah. So it was it was definitely a weird energy, but to me on the outside looking in, and again, all of this is all of us on the outside looking in. They seem like to be a really healthy family, um, very happy. They were very loving, and I'm sure they still are very loving with their kids and things of that nature. But that was shocking because I believe the day that she announced there were three other couples that announced they were getting a, were a divorce on that same day. Giselle so and Tom. Like, yeah, Miguel and, and his wife. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember who the fourth couple was, but it was just like one day in early October, everybody's just like, F it, I'm out. So I'll just say this to wrap this you know, portion of the conversation up. I know we'll be winding down pretty soon. I think that this is also, and like you say, should we both been through a divorce, unfortunately, I think mm-hmm. this does show you that, that mentality of when things get hard or when you lose interest, I think this can be applied to anything. So I would just caution us all to think about how we have behaved when things haven't gone the way we thought it was going to go, when we've lost interest, when our direction has changed and how we've been okay with leaving certain activities. So it, uh, yeah. It, and I have been a one, I think, that has always kind of tried to stay in and fight. I did that in yeah. my first with trying to hold on too long. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to hold on with this situation. I've done that. And I'm I'm now to the point that I need to maybe start letting go a little sooner and be mm-hmm. like the rest of y'all. So um, I think it's applied, applicable to, to a couple of situations that we all are guilty of. But yes, I do think this generation has for some reason thought that things are supposed to come to you easy. There's no real work ethic. Um, there's no real fight. And that's yeah. just flat in, in everything you do. So, yeah. 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 But, all right, so switching gears a little bit. And also, I'm not sure if you guys have heard about the young lady. Her name is... Shinquella Robinson. Yes. Yeah. I that, adorable. And people have... And, I can't believe there's a video. I heard, and I wouldn't, her watch I, I wouldn't watch that if my life depended no. on it. I'm sorry. No, I'm not, um, not going to do that to myself. I'm so confused, though, because I was listening on uh, TGIF, uh, you know, Fox Soul with Funky Doneva and them, and they were kind of mm-hmm. talking about this story. So, okay, who, yeah, tell me about this, because I'm just, what, okay. these are friends. So, her, she didn't go to, she didn't yeah. go to this vacation with her friends. I just want to start, but go ahead. She thought they were. The the story is, and she was 25 years old. So, and I say was, so that's past tense. So that lets you kind of know what happened. God rest her soul. So it was her and a group of quote unquote friends who were taking a trip to Mexico. And I'm not really sure on what happened or how we got here, but apparently one of the young ladies and Shanquella ends up getting into, um, I won't even say it's an altercation because it was a full out attack on her. Like this girl is beating her, 
brutally and she ends up dying as a result of her injuries. So the friends, quote unquote, decide that the best thing for them to do is abruptly leave Mexico. They leave her body in the villa or wherever it is that they're staying. They take her luggage back to her mother. Her mother was calling while all of this was going on and they were making up excuses like, oh, she's in the bathroom throwing up. They were saying that her death was a result of alcohol poisoning. And it turns out that the autopsy comes out and she had a lot of injuries to her spine and to her head. So um, they go in person to drop off her luggage and is telling this woman this story. And now this video is circulating on the internet. And now the FBI has stepped in to do an investigation because I'm like, there is no way that these monsters should be able to get away with what they did. Like, I honestly feel like that trip was a setup to kill this girl. And I don't understand why. I, I think she had a thriving business. Like she used to braid hair. And I'm assuming that maybe a couple of those quote unquote friends were jealous of her and for whatever reason wanted to get her somewhere secluded so that they could end her life. So what I'm hearing from that other station that supposedly, Mm -hmm. allegedly, she somehow got one of them girls that came on that trip cousin killed. And yeah, they think that it came out that she got that person killed. I don't know how she got that person. I don't know if if that's true, but everybody on the trip evidently found out that it was her that kind of got this boy killed. The girl, so that, like you say, I do think it was a setup because if that's the case, Uh knowing that this girl was going to confront her Mm -hmm. and was going to beat her behind. And I think things just got out of hand. So that's the story I heard again, allegedly, because we don't know, but it's just setting the person filming. These people that be filming and stuff, like listen, KB, they all sat around and watched her listen. alleged best friend asked her and was like, Quailer, you not gonna fight back? And you can in the video, she's saying no. And her father even said that her father was like, She's not a violent person. She wasn't the one to start fights. So it's essentially this girl just beating her to death and everybody is sitting around watching and taping this. Then I'm also like, what kind of monster one are you going to be to tape this to not even step in and be like, hey, you getting out of control. Everybody's watching it. Then you you sent that video to people because otherwise, how is it making rounds? And then also the girl that, beat her allegedly beat her posted on her social media that she was going to sell her interview to the highest bidder so she actually i'm so sorry i have screenshots so she was saying that she was throw them all under the jail so she's profiting off of this girl's death and before the interview takes place because i wanted to sit down and listen and i'm like yes tell us what happened because now you're incriminating yourself so now you're you're stupid as well you're very dumb. Being so, dumb. And, and you're profiting off of this girl's death. No remorse. Talking about, I'm going to tell my side of the story. And I'm looking at her like, you need to shut up. That's what I was about to anything. say. Bitch, clearly first she ain't got no lawyer. First, exactly. First and foremost, you need to get a lawyer. And you don't need to be talking to anybody because you are public enemy number one. Everybody in Black America knows your name. And 
everybody, we're looking for you. In America, period. No, let us black talk. and white people who are like, what the fuck? No, let her talk, sure, because then we need to get the dumb people off the street. Well, yeah, she, right, she, the dumb people gotta go. The dumb people gotta she go. She made her, she made her profile private. So I'm assuming somebody must have snatched her and been like, you need to shut up and you need to get a lawyer. But I was very interested to hear her side of the story. And I know we're running out of time, but this also ties into our dope gifting and black segment of Kyrie is he really Irving. Dope? He is. He's dope. He's super dope. I have no I problem love, with him. I, love I have him. no problem with him. <laughs> but thank you, KB. And then also, I'm like, let me tell you why he's dope because he just dropped sixty five thousand dollars in this girl's GoFundMe to bring her home and give her a proper funeral so not only that and then also i didn't know that either he he dropped sixty five thousand, and then also i'm like tell tell the people we're talking about we didn't say his name i'm sorry because we got so hyped so we are talking about Kyrie andrew irving who i think is just amazing i feel like he was raped over the coal so i'm hearing about the story secondhand because all of this was taking place while i was out of the country but all he did was post a movie poster on his social media about i, I believe it was what black israelites mm-hmm. and, and it was a movie that, on netflix i think it's amazon prime but oh, it yeah. was um okay. Yeah, but it, the premise of the film is talking about that maybe Black people are the original Israelites that are being discussed in the Bible. And when I say everybody was coming for his head, he didn't make any comments about, oh, these are my beliefs. This is nothing. He just posted a movie poster and he got canceled very, very swiftly by the NBA. He got dropped by Nike. The Nets sat him down and they had this ridiculous list of criteria of things that he had to do in order to be reinstated, including speaking to like leaders of the Jewish community. And I'm like, the simple fact that all of these people were calling for him to be canceled, I'm definitely going to give Amazon Prime my coins because now I want to go watch this movie. And I'm like, had you not said anything about any of this, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be supporting it, but I'm like, what is in this movie that y'all don't want us to hear or that you don't want us to see or what is so offensive about what he posted? Right. And how is he anti-Semitic? Because I don't think that anti-Semitic just keeps getting thrown out. The thing I have a problem with Amazon, Shug, did Amazon come out with any kind of statement? Because again, they're the ones that- sure, no. No. So I have a problem with Amazon. I'm a little irritated with them, right? Because they watch this man get dragged right he, over the coals. Like you say, under his comments, he just uh-huh. reposted the, the thing. He posted it, yep. He could have been saying the shit was a joke. You don't know what he was thinking about it. But the, fact, you. But the fact that y'all ain't say nothing like we believe in free speech and we are mm-hmm. okay with posting, I think Amazon should have said something. Right. And especially if he reposted it from someone else, right? Like it wasn't his original post. One. Two, if Amazon really thought that the movie was anti-Semitic, would they even have the movie on their platform? Exactly. And yeah, the, and then the list of things that he had to do, run money. It was run. ridiculous. It I was just, ridiculous. 
yeah. yeah. And and now everybody is kind of walking back and they're like, oh, we don't believe he's anti-Semitic. Even the, the filmmaker and the film is called Hebrews to Negroes released a statement condemning the backlash Irving has received. He also added that he vehemently rejects any hate speech, but said he won't apologize. And he said, I'm not apologizing for anything because I can't be anti-Semitic because I'm an Israelite. So again, I remember when Whoopi Goldberg got sat down for her comments earlier this year about the Jewish community. And I think that that is an opportunity for the Jewish community to educate the people because I still don't understand what is Jewish. What does that mean? Does that mean you are born into a specific religion? Is it a culture? Is it ethnicity? What does being Jewish mean? I still don't understand that. And it's easy for us to just go and tag everything as anti-Semitic when you just bring up the word Jewish. And they even tried to come for, for Dave Chappelle. But you see, Dave Chappelle ain't stunned none of their asses. And I love it. And I wish that more of us, I I, I hated the way Oprah, uh, not Oprah, I call it Oprah Whoopi. I hated the way Whoopi laid down and took that shit. Like I did. I hate the way... I feel like Kyrie started doing these things on this list. Like I hate that he he ended up giving up five hundred thousand dollars towards some Jewish thing. Did you get that much to the black to a black organization? And that begs that, and that's what bothers me because I'm like the Jewish community is better organized. I feel like the Jewish oh, community is better organized than us. They the gay community is better organized than us. Like all of these people are able to make they're able to punish people in a way that we can't. Cause I'm like, nobody had anything to say when Kanye was talking about slavery was a choice. Whereas- White lives matter. Like- Yeah, it was no backlash for any of that, but this man posted a movie poster and it's just like, oh my God, he's toxic. We get rid of him. We're dropping him. Well, I have to give him a little grace anyway. Cause he think that the earth is- what do he think the earth is square or flat? Who? <laughs> Kyrie Irving. Yeah. yeah. I I I have to, yeah, he he, so he, he has some interesting he a little touched. Yeah, he's he a little has, He has some interesting views, but at the same time, he's I young. don't he's I don't sub, I don't subscribe to the canceling of people because they have ideas that are outside of cultural norms. Now I'm not going to call Kanye West no more. Though, I'm telling you that much. Well, now. Kanye West agree. is fucking crazy. He's crazy. No, he's an asshole. I think everyone knows exactly what he's doing. I do. He's mentally he's mentally challenged. But I also think about that because I'm like Hollywood is very weird. So I'm like, is it that Kanye has been exposed to more than a typical person, and they drive you crazy? Because I'm like Kanye has gone crazy. Britney Spears has gone crazy. So all of these people who are seeing oh, how, the industry, how the industry is working, they see more and they know more than we do. And they try and give out information and they silence them. They try and paint them as crazy, but it's like, are they really crazy or do they just know more than we do? And I think it's a predisposure too. I think that's a piece of it. These people probably already were going to tilt that way. You know, I think about 
when you're enlisted in the military and you end up with the diagnosis of schizophrenia, yes. the military ends up paying for that for the rest of your life. However, you probably was going to have schizophrenia anyway, just because of the time that it shows up, et cetera, et cetera. These are people who hadn't been in combat. I, I met veterans who had not even left the U.S. soil, had not done anything, and now they, they are service-connected for life. That was going to happen anyway, but now you have this thing that tips it, right? So like you say, that exposure of being around all of this stuff, et cetera, right. et cetera, that kind of you know, but it's also this predisposure. You were already going to probably go that way, but now this thing has sped it up or made it even more exaggerated. So I think it's a, a part of that. Because shit, Brittany probably was already a little. Well, yeah. she was getting there. Yeah. So it was great to be with you ladies again. I missed y'all. Because also I feel like, and this is going to start a whole nother discussion. Maybe we can talk about this in the next show. But mm -hmm. I think with all of the things that we had going on, there was a disconnect in our life, in our life period, right? Like yeah. Katie was adjusting to a new position. Suge was, you know, doing her family research. I had some other things going on that I didn't mention, but hopefully we'll talk about next show. So I'm, I'm just glad that we're here together again and just having a conversation anything y'all want to share before we close out nope. yeah I, I i i will say i i missed y'all and even if them noir files the show goes away i hope we keep this up i think this is really good healthy dialogue even amongst our friendship and just behind closed doors without the listeners because i i do care about you you both and even, um, you know, the healer's not here, but you guys are my tribe and I love you guys and I'm genuinely interested in what's going on with you. And we need to figure out a way to not let the day to day affect that connection. Like life can get overwhelming, but you guys are a grounding force. And I hope that I can be that for you as well. So it's just interesting the evolution of relationships and friendships. But at the end of the day, I think we all have each other's best interest at heart and we need to find time to carve out that connection. And that's for anybody. 1000%. I agree with you. And I'm sad you're not going with us to Ghana. Sure. I know, but, but yeah, that money really right Tiffany, now. Baby, so <laughs> it's all right. It all even out in the wash. Yeah, that money real funny right now, but we're we going to change that. But <laughs> but it was great being with y'all again. And, and go ahead, Elle, and, and do the thing. All right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for another episode of The Feminoir Files. Bye. Don't forget to listen, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. Listen to us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Google Play. Connect with us on social media at Femnoir Files on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Femnoir Files. Bye!